This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. Just a reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is sponsored by GEICO, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. And you know something? You probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Well, with Father's Day coming up this weekend, we thought we'd check in with one of the most important father-son coaching combinations in the NFL, and that's the Shanahan's father, Mike, and of course, son, Kyle. Both are at the 49ers headquarters in Santa Clara this week. Mike is an observer, and Kyle, of course, is head coach of the 49ers. Kyle and Mike worked together in Washington, and Kyle was the offensive coordinator who led the Atlanta Falcons last year to record-setting numbers and their second-ever visit to the Super Bowl. Now he's in charge of resurrecting the 49ers. And Kyle, I once covered that team when your dad was offensive coordinator in 1994. Good luck, first of all, in your new endeavor. And secondly, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thanks, guys. Glad to be here. Kyle, first of all, uh, as I said, you're the son of a Super Bowl-winning head coach and the offensive coordinator on the Super Bowl-winning 49ers in 1994, and that's your dad, Mike. Uh, I know this is your first head coaching job, but being the son of a successful and hugely successful head coach and then coaching with him, does that give you an advantage in your first trial as a head coach? I don't know. I can't really – I'll tell you that maybe after this happens. But, um, you know, I think being a coach's son gives you advantage in the profession your whole life, you know, just growing up around it. You know, I was fortunate enough to where my dad was in the NFL the entire time and I was able to pick his brain about stuff even when I didn't realize I was. I was able – fortunate enough to be a ball boy throughout middle school and early in high school. And um, when I got to later in high school, just being able to work out with the teams and be around them my whole life. And you don't realize how big of an advantage it is until you get into coaching and you start to realize you understand the standard of the NFL and the expectations and um, you don't realize that at the time but that you quickly learn that you've kind of been groomed to do this your whole life. Kyle, what's the best advice your dad passed on to you? Uh, you know, he's given me a lot, but you know, I think the thing that sticks with me the most is he's just always told me to be myself. You know, if you work hard, you prepare. Um, he's always told me just from being with me, he goes, "You're good at what you do. Um, just work your hardest. Be honest with people and be yourself, and good things will happen." You know, a lot of uh, kids who have a famous dad tend to gravitate toward a different profession, you know, maybe or, or at least a different branch of it, maybe be a basketball coach instead of a, a football coach. How difficult is it to follow uh, when your dad has been as successful as, as Mike had? And did you have any thoughts at any time in your life when you were younger about, well, maybe baseball's my game? Uh, well, yeah, I tried them all, and, you know, my favorite, my favorite sport to play was always basketball. I just... You know, I was better at football and definitely got better coaching at football. My dad struggled to help me out in basketball. Um, but, he, um, you know, what I loved about football so much was watching it. You know, I did enjoy playing it, but not, not like basketball, but just growing up watching it my whole life. And um, I think, you know, the first NFL game I can ever remember watching was when I was five years old. And my mom would always have um, get-togethers when the teams were on the road. And I'd usually play tag and stuff outside and never watch the games. But I remember when I was five years old coming inside – because it just seemed like a big deal and watching a game with my mom and all her friends and it was it was the drive when um, the Broncos came back and beat the the Browns and that was the first game I really got into because I could just feel the emotion of my mom and it was the first time I missed the game the games outside with all the little kids and ever since then I've been going to every single game and been locked in it and it's just 
just something I pay attention to my whole life. So it's been nice to I feel very blessed to be around it. You were watching that game at five years old, and, and Clark and Goose and I were trying to come up with leads in the press box. So you're making <laughs> us feel true. old. I'm going to go lay down and take a nap right now. <laughs> That's true. Wow. That's true. Five. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, you saw a pretty good one. Boy, I mean, that, that is one that if you're a Denver fan, you don't forget that game. No, it's funny. That was that year, and I remember the next year, the, the I went to the playoff game because the AFC Championship again, and mm-hmm. it was too cold for me to sit in the stands, which I don't feel very tough about now, but I was only six, so my mom made me. Um, and she, I remember she took me down to the locker room and put me in with a bunch of security guards. So I remember hanging out with like three security guards in a small room watching the Ernest Biner fumble the next year. So <laughs> it's been a big part of my life, and it's um, and I want to take anything back for it. We're speaking with San Francisco head coach Kyle Shanahan on this Father's Day edition of the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at talkoffamenet. And Kyle, just wondering, um, growing up with your dad, uh, what did you learn about coaching? Uh, you said you were in the stands sometimes, uh, or you'd hear the groans as well as the cheers for the team your, your dad coached. Probably heard some things that your mom wouldn't like you to hear, but what did you learn about that job and that profession if you were in attendance at a game and you heard some people around you? Uh, yeah, I've learned it my whole life. I can remember being, I don't know exact what age, I want to say seven, because it was definitely um, before 10, but I remember a guy talking a bunch during the game, and I yelled at him as a little kid, and I remember him throwing beer on me at the end of the game, So, and I wasn't able to do anything about it, so it's, I started to learn you know, at a young age, like there's you know, there's th- people love the sport, and I love that being a son of a coach and around it. And people get very into it, and mm-hmm. man, I, I get into it, so I get it. I would live and die it just as a young kid watching it, and so you see that with everyone. And you got, you just gotta. It's everyone tells you what to do, but it's hard. But you gotta n- not take it personally. You gotta understand people are into this. That's what makes it so special. Um, people care so much about it that um, there's going to be a lot of bad that comes with the good, but um, it's worth it. We enjoy it, and I think that's what makes it so fun. And there's a lot of hours you put into coaching, but um, that being able to go go to Sunday and compete at something and to really find out a lot about yourself, I think that's that's harder to find in other sports and I think that's or in other jobs and I think that's what makes it special about the job I'm fortunate enough to have. When that guy threw the beer on you, did your mother take it personally? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, she did. She didn't see it happen and eventually she just looked over and saw me crying and soaking wet and the guy had gone out of there too fast, but she went after him and I'm glad she didn't find him. I'm, I don't know what happened. Probably wouldn't have been too good. <laughs> hey Kyle, how old were you when you decided this is what I want to do? And also, if uh, you weren't coaching, what would you be doing? I think, um, you know, my whole life I always wanted to. I mean, I, I lived and died football, so it wasn't. You know, my grades suffered a little bit for that. It was, you know, that was definitely the most important thing in my life. And my parents always raised me, telling me, "Hey, don't be a coach, don't be a coach." And it's the same thing I'm going to tell my son because if coaching isn't as all glamorous like people think it is, you got to move a lot, you got to go through a lot of, you know, a lot of bad times. Everyone's going to get fired. You're going to have to move your family. You're going to have to tell your first grader she's moving and she's not going to understand why. So there's a lot of ups and downs with it. But um, my parents always told me not to get into it. But once they realized I wanted to, I think um, my dad was pretty um, flattered that I wanted to fall after him. And so what I've always just looked at is 
I tried to stay out of it. Um, never said for sure I was going to get into it, but I did everything I could to play. I tried starting in high school. My number one goal in life was to get a scholarship, and then once I did, and then my number one goal in life was to play at um, Texas, and then it was to try to get a chance to play in the NFL. And uh, I, I worked very hard to try to do that, and I think it got me as far as it could. And once I was honest with myself and realized I wasn't going to make a career out of a pl- being a player, um, and I said, "All right, now what do I want to do?" Well. I love football and I want to coach. And right when I said that, I kind of realized that's what I had wanted to do my whole life. And I started getting into coaching right away. And right when I graduated, I went to UCLA as a graduate assistant. And I quickly learned that I was definitely a much more talented coach than I was a player. <laughs> it was a lot easier. What did uh, uh, you make that jump that, that everybody makes at some point uh, if they're going to be a head coach from the assist- being an assistant to being the boss? What has your dad if, told you about, about that jump and the difference between the two jobs, and what do you think the biggest difference will be? Uh, I think you just, I just got to be real good with how I organize my time. You know, I know why I got this job, and it's because I did a good job as offensive coordinator, and I was, you know, I, I don't want to lose that, and I want to be able to bring to a team what I always have from an offensive standpoint, but uh, at the same time, you got to realize your number one responsibility isn't the offense, it's the entire team. So just being able to organize myself better, um, you know, you really you got to delegate delegate a lot of things. You gotta, it's so important to get people around you that you know, that you trust, to know what you want to coach, um, so you don't feel like you got to have to do everything. And I've been in a good spot where, you know, after the Super Bowl, getting a late start, I was really worried about this, getting the staff together, but I was still able to get pretty much everyone that I wanted. And i got a bunch of guys that I've worked with before, a bunch of good coaches to where I don't have to sit there and do everything. You know, there's there's guys that were on the same page, and uh, a guy can go run this meeting where I'm needed somewhere else. And, and the same thing on the field because uh, when you're the, you're the head coach you're responsible for everything so but you also can't do everything so you got to be able to have a pretty good knowledge of football where you understand x's and o's on both sides of the ball and on special teams and wherever you're needed you can go give that energy and um, in order to do that you got to trust everyone else on your staff that the areas you're not looking at um, you got the right guys making sure it's being done the right way hey kyle i want to ask you a question about the team you're, you're coaching now i mean when your dad went to the super bowl with denver of course he had john always as quarterback and when he was in San Francisco in 94 you had Steve Young you of course had Matt Ryan as your quarterback last year in Atlanta and, and you went to the, the Super Bowl as well I, I, I don't like being blunt here I apologize but I, I will be how do you get to the top with Brian Hoyer and Matt Barkley and, and what is it about them that you like uh, I don't think you look at necessarily getting the top. Right? That's not the first question you ask. It's, you know, it's just the process of putting the team together the best way you can every single day. And the whole goal is to get to the playoffs. And once you get to the playoffs, you just got to win two time, two games, sometimes three games, to get to the Super Bowl. And so, so what gives your team a chance to get there? And um, you, you got to find that guy through the draft or through free agency. So when we got here, we look into both situations. Um, you know, we didn't feel all we needed to add was a quarterback. We thought we had, you know, we're taking over a 2-14 and 14 team and you know they were 31st and 32nd on offense and defense last year so we, we knew we had to add a bunch of players so we look into free agency and um, you look at the best guys available and I thought we got those guys and when you look at starting with Brian um, you got a guy who knows how to play the position he stays in the pocket he's not scared of the rush he'll keep his eyes downfield and he can execute an offense delivering the ball to people um, and I saw I see it the same with Barkley hasn't had as much playing time as Hoyer 
but I thought he did have his best year with Chicago in the few games that he got in before he got hurt. So I like looking at guys who, who can run an offense. And when you got guys who can run an offense and put the ball the right spot and attack coverages, then it's about building the team around them. And, you know, in our situation here, starting with free agency and then going into the draft, I, I feel we've done a real good job of that with um, John Lynch and his um, and all the people upstairs in the personnel department. I think we've turned over this team as much as we can here and um, just a few months we've been together and, and we plan on always doing that. And we're going to always look for the best guy. I've got a lot of confidence in Brian. I have a lot of confidence in Matt Barkley. Um, got a lot of confidence in C.J. Beathard, who we drafted, and Nick Mullins, who got us a free agent. So I think we got a bunch of guys here that's given some good competition. I already feel that we've improved our team just going through OTAs and hope to stay healthy here with the next week and a half that we got left and come into training camp, and hopefully we can build everyone together. But I know our quarterbacks are definitely not going to take us to the playoffs on, on their own, and I know the rest of the team's not either. It's everyone playing together. Give us a chance to get into that tournament, and then we'll just worry about one day at a time. Kyle, back when Ron Clark and I started covering this game in the 70s, the five-year plans were popular. What's your timetable? I don't really look at that. Um, you know, that's why you hope you're, you're going to a good situation. You know, I know you know, everyone would love to go take over a team that you feel is so ready. And, um, you know, I, obviously taking over a 2-14 team, that's not what you would say. But after spending that time with the owner, going through the interview process, him allowing um, me and um, John Lynch, the general manager, to come in together um, to get the contracts we've gotten, which really doesn't mean anything, but it, it shows a, a commitment that we're trying to do it the right way. And we're trying to build this the right way. We know we do have some time to – we do know we have to um, add those pieces. But what I like is you feel that we got people who are making the right decisions and are going to have it, give us a chance to do it the right way. Now, with that being said – I, I'm trying every – I want to compete every year. But you never want to compete in one year at the expense of your future. And so when I feel the situation that the Yorks have given us, we can make the right decisions. And I'm always going to be try, try to be an aggressive type of decision maker where you make the decision that improves your team right away, but never at the expense of the future. And that's what we're trying to do through this process. Kyle Shanahan. Thanks so much for the time, and best of luck in your new job. Oh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it a lot. Thanks for having me on. It was fun to talk about it. Thanks. Thanks. That was San Francisco head coach Kyle Shanahan. Up next, it's Kyle's dad, Mike. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hey, this is Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Hi, this is Morton Anderson, and you're listening to Rick, Ron, and Clark, uh, the Talk of Fame Network.